Hey, it's my honor. Hey, enough about me. Can we just pause for a moment and put all of our hands together for your incredible pastors, Pastor Chad and Heidi. I said this in all of the services so far. You guys have like 40 services. It's amazing. But, uh, you, you know, a lot of people feel obligated to say great things. Honor's important. I get that. But when I'm here with all of my heart, I mean every single word, you have two of the most amazing pastors I've ever met. And you guys should be very, very honored to be led by such incredible people. Can we put our hands together one more time for them and, and what they're leading and what they're doing? They are the absolute real deal. And uh, honestly, the, the pleasure is ours to be their friends. So you guys ready for the Word of God? Let me tell you just a little bit about myself in case you care. Um, I'm not just tall, um, but I'm tall and I'm from Idaho. And I'm married to a beautiful lady who is short and from Idaho. Amanda, why don't you give a little wave over there? I married the most beautiful woman in the world 12 years ago. It's been amazing for me. It's been hard for her. Come on, somebody. I'm kidding. She hasn't smothered me in my sleep yet, so I'm doing pretty good so far. We're doing really great. We've got two kids, two boys, Jeremiah, who is seven, and Jabin, my little baby. He's three now. He's not much of a, he's like a little rhinoceros is what he is, but he's three. He's got his daddy's size, but his mama's heart and his mama's eyes, and so that rhymed even. That was awesome, um, but it's just amazing. So I have an heir and a spare. Come on, somebody. And uh, they're just amazing, but we love ditching them with a nanny every now and again. And when we get an opportunity to just travel and be with friends, we love it. And I'll just tell you, Promise Center is becoming one of my favorite places in the world to go. And you guys are just amazing. What God is doing here is amazing. Never take for granted what you're a part of. When you're a part of something, and I I tell uh, even our church this, listen, when you're in something, you don't always recognize how special it is right? When you're in a relationship, in a marriage, in a job, in a church even, sometimes you don't realize what you have. And uh, to be a part of something that God is moving in, people are deciding to follow Jesus, are taking steps to be baptized, lives are being changed. That's an incredible thing that we should be very excited about. So I'm going to jump right in. I've been told if I get you out of here on time, in every service I get free lunch. And so... I have uh, never once let anything stand between me and free lunch. Um, But I really did seek the heart of God for what um, I would be sharing today. And um, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that God put something or God spoke something. I really did feel like I wrestled through several different directions. And I really did feel like what I'm sharing with you today isn't just for your church as a whole, although it is. But I believe it's for you individually as people. That if you'll open your, yourself up to what I'm going to share with you, I do believe it's from heaven. I do believe it's going to encourage you. And what I want to share with you this morning, if I have to give it a title, I would call it Taking Territory. Taking Territory. I want to talk to you about moving forward. I don't believe that the church is supposed to be a static organization. Come on, we're supposed to be forward moving. We're supposed to be taking ground. We're supposed to be starting three Sunday morning services and adding a Saturday night. Come on. There's nothing that excites me more 
than being at a church that's growing and living and vibrant and overcoming and dreaming about the future, not just focusing on what they have and where they've been, but looking to the future and saying, how much more does God have for us? That's powerful. I believe as Christians that we're not just supposed to live in the past or be content with the now, but that we should be moving forward. We should be growing. We should be dreaming. We should be going higher, getting bigger, enlarging our faith, enlarging our lives. Come on, we're a glory to glory people. The path of the righteous goes higher and higher. We shine brighter and brighter. That's the kind of people that God has redeemed us to be. It bothers me when people become Christians and they're just like, no, it's like bitter beer face, you know? It's like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a Christian. My life is growing. I know Jesus. The Spirit of God is in me. Like, man, I want to grow and stretch and expand and take new territory in life. I believe that we have a God that wants to move us forward. I also believe we have an enemy that doesn't want us to move forward. But how many are grateful that the Spirit of God that is in us is greater than the enemy that is against us? There is no comparison. The front line of the enemy is the border of our destiny in God. And there is a battle there. And so I really want to help you this morning. I want to speak into your life something that I, I feel will help many of you that I sense are in battles right now. You, you, you want to move forward, but you're struggling. I just want you to know God's will is for you to take new territory. So turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. That's in the Old Testament. Split your Bible to the middle. Make a hard left. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read uh, the first nine verses of this together. And uh, we're going to pray, and then I'm just going to give you a few thoughts. You good with that? And I'll get you out of here. I love late services. Come on. You guys, you guys are awesome. You're my favorite. Whenever we would start a, a late service, my grandma had a 90-year-old, my 90-year-old great-grandma, my favorite person in all the world. She went to be with Jesus two years ago. Greatest honor of my life to date was preaching my grandma's funeral. She's a matri- matriarch of our family, celebrated her going to heaven, Um, but they, how many know the older generation, the older you are, the more you like church early, it seems to be, you know, and she, we'd start, you know, 1130, we tried a 12 o'clock service once, and my grandma, she said, son, why would you start a drunkard's mass? I said, well, what do you mean by that, grandma? She goes, who would come to church at noon unless they were drunk? And I said, well, grandma, lots of people, you know. And we need to have a service for the drunk ones too. Come on, we're glad you're here. If you're hungover this morning, we love you. Welcome to the Promise Center. We are so glad that you're here. Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to get in trouble. Pastor Chad's never going to let me come back. Joshua chapter 1. You ready? All right, let's read together. After the death, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come. Everybody say, the time has come. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I am giving you. 
from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one, everybody say no one. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Here it is again, in case you missed it for the third time coming at you hot. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you now for these next few moments. I thank you for every heart, every life that's here. I pray every heart would be open to what you would have to see and and say. I pray that you would make much of whatever Um, I'm about to share. God, I pray people would get more than a message from Jordan, but a word from God. And may your word sit on their hearts like fire in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I will let you know, I'm a loud guy, and I do not mind if you want to interact with me while I preach. I prefer to preach to living people. Come on, somebody. And uh, you've had time to like have lunch, have coffee, have all that. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting big things, third service. Come on. You can give me a charismatic shout. Come on, a Pentecostal wave. If all you got is a Baptist head nod, I'll take one of those too. You can give me, if all you have is a Latter-day Saint deep breath, come on, I'll take it. I'll take it at this point. Hey, but I, I want to, can I help you today? Can I give you a few things today that I believe will help you, position you, empower you to be a person, even a church that moves forward in life. I have just a couple nuggets. I'm a simple guy. I like simple thoughts. So I'm going to give you a few things. If you're a note taker, write them down. If you're not a note taker, write them down. Scientifically proven, you're like 90% more likely to go to heaven if you'll just take notes. It's in the Bible. It's in Ezekiel. It's one of the visions or something. Just look for it. You'll find it maybe. Um, but, But seriously, Jot these few things down. We're going to move through these fairly quickly, but I want you to write this down. Number one, to be a person that advances, takes new territory, you've got to know the time and the place. Know the time and the place. I love that God spoke to Joshua in the scripture and he said, the time has come. The time has come. Does anybody struggle with time? Anybody in here struggle with timing? Anybody impatient? I'm the only one, me and this honest guy right here on the front row. Uh, I'm just telling you, patience is a fruit that is still growing. They're like little grapes, though, on my life. I'm just telling you. I, patience is not like the best thing for me. I'm not very patient. I struggle with that. I like things to happen now and fast and big and exciting. And unfortunately, I pass that down to my children as well. 
And so, anybody got kids or have raised children? And you would say, my children were, are impatient. They drive me crazy, whatever. Okay, that's my kids. They're very impatient. I can't seem to win with my children, right? It seems like no matter how I try to lead them, it's not fast enough or it's too fast. If I tell them an hour ahead of time, hey, you can finish your game, whatever you're doing, but we're going to leave in an hour, they're, they're, they're not happy with that, right? Oh, yeah, oh you know. If, if it's like, hey, get ready now, we're leaving. I tried that too. doesn't work. I don't know. They're just impatient. I'm trying to spank that out of them. It's not working yet. Don't judge me. I'm from Idaho. We still beat our kids. Come on. There's no rules against that in Idaho. So we spank with hands, with belts, with paddles. There's a couple of us really old school, still have our kids cut switches. Come on, somebody. We're trying to train up our children in the Lord. But uh, anyway, so I'm just this whole timing thing. And, And I had this epiphany the other day. I thought, you know, my children, they're missing a very important reality about this whole situation. The, the reality is that their timing is not the, po- the most important timing that we're dealing with, right? Because their timing doesn't carry with it in any obligation from me. You get what I'm saying? I'm not obligated to do anything on their time frame. And if they would realize that, that I'm not obligated to move at their time frame, they would appreciate my timing a little more. Because it's my timing that carries with it my action. And if the Hodges family wants to get anywhere at seven and three years old, they would realize that it's dad's timing that matters most. Because I'm the one that's going to move the family in the direction we need to go. You want to go to the movies? You need my car. Come on, somebody. You want to go to the store? You need to, unless you want to waddle your little behinds down to the store yourself and walk three miles, my timing's the most important. Can I get an amen? Let me just tell you, in life, it is not your timing that matters most. It's God's. Because your timing doesn't carry any obligation with the Father in heaven. He is obligated to move not on your time, but on His Even the right things in your life at the wrong time are ultimately the wrong things. Because God's timing carries with it a release of heaven with God's will and open heaven over it. It is the right time that matters most in our life. We serve a God of timing. The right timing is so important in life. And as I was praying, I really did feel that I was supposed to come here and preach to the Promise Center and let you know something. That you're entering into a time and a space that God is destined movement to happen in your life and in your church. Now is a time for advancement. Now is a time for movement. Now is a time for growth. God's time for you is now. He has ordained shifts to happen, movement to happen, growth to happen, breakthrough to happen in your life, and it's a now time in God. It's a now time in God. This is a season where God's giving you a green light to grow, to move, and to advance. Can I also just say, I deal with so many people that they look at the past and they say, you know, I missed my time. 
I missed my moment. If I just would have done this, if I just would have invested in that, if I just would have asked that girl out, if I just would have spent some time in that place, if I just wouldn't have moved here or done that or experienced this or had a divorce or went bankrupt or went through what I went through, maybe God could use me, but I missed my time. Can I just tell you, if you're here right now sucking air, that's all of us in case you're wondering, you have not missed God's timing for your life. You haven't missed it. There is still a time, there is still a place for your highest potential to come to pass. You haven't missed anything. You're not living a second string, second rate life because you missed anything. You haven't missed it. God's with you. The time and the place is now, and you, we need to understand that. It's time to take new ground. So to take new territory, I want to give you just a couple things. You ready? Number one, know the promise. Know the promise. You've got to know the time, but you've got to know the promise. I love that Joshua got a download from God, and God's speaking to him, and he's making promises to Joshua. He's making promises. There's nothing more powerful than a promise when it comes to moving forward in life. When it comes to taking new ground in life. There's nothing more powerful than a promise. Can I just say this? Every word that comes from the mouth of God has incredible power. Every promise has incredible power. If you're going to be a person that moves forward in life, you've got to have a promise from God. And maybe you'd say, well, I don't have a promise. Well, let me just give you a little tip. Get into this book, the book of God. Come on, the Bible. It is a book of promises. It's pregnant with the promises of God. It is full of it. Find a promise. Find a promise for your life. Find a promise for your business. Find a promise for your marriage. Come on, find a promise for your family. Find a promise for your future. Find a promise for your healing. Find a promise for whatever it is that you're dealing with and stand on that promise and watch your life move forward. Inherently, God's Word has, has progress-making power in it. Can I also just say, some of us need to go a little bit deeper. We need to get into the... the, 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 the the, the secret place with God and allow God to speak to us. Allow the voice of God to be heard in our spirit. I love that God didn't just tell Joshua, hey, go into the book of instruction and find a... Pro no, He spoke to Joshua. How many know our God is not mute? Our God speaks. He's a speaking God. From the beginning, He's been speaking. He wants to speak to you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the living words of God. You, some of us, we need to hear from God because having a, having a promise, having a word from God will fuel our faith, empower our lives to move forward. God's word, even God's mouth, is full of promises. Joshua received a promise from heaven. Let me ask you this. What's the promise over your life? Do you have one? What is the promise that God's given you that's, that's currently driving you right now? I want to explore a couple things that I think are vital if we're going to be a person that takes new territory through promises. Okay? First of all, I want you to understand this. Every promise has a parameter. 
We can't just take promises out of the prayer room, out of the Bible, and start plugging them into anywhere we want. That's Bible abuse. Come on, somebody. And we don't believe in that here. We don't believe in that. You can't just do whatever you want with God's. Every promise from heaven has to be worked with in the parameters of heaven. The promises of God operate within the parameters of heaven. When God spoke to Joshua, he didn't just say, and this is how most people preach it, everywhere you set your foot, I've given you. That's not all that he told Joshua. He told Joshua, I've given you all the territory from here to here to here to here. Anywhere you set your foot inside the parameters is part of the promise that I've given you. And I will give you every last bit of the promise that I've promised to you, but you've got to do it inside the parameters of God. Come on, where's the single guys at in the house? Raise your hand. Ladies, now you know who's eligible. Come on. No, I'm just telling. Listen, we, we all, single guys, right? You, you want a godly, beautiful woman. Amen? Okay? You, you want to you 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 find someone to spend your, listen, we want, we want a godly wife, but we don't want to date within the parameters. We want to find our, our baby in the club. Come on. It's the wrong place. I'm just telling you. The godly women aren't there. <laughs> Whoops. We, we, want, we want God to bless our finance. But we don't, we don't operate our finance within God's parameters. People come to me all the time. They Pastor, would you pray? I need God to bless me financially. And I'm like, wait, before I pray, do you tithe? Moving on. No, I'm saying we want God to bless us, but we don't want to operate within the, come on, the parameters. We want God to bless our business, but we don't always want to operate our business within the parameters that God has given. We want God to bless our marriage, but we don't want to do marriage within the parameters that God has given to us. God's power, God's blessing, His promises are released, come on, within His parameters. Please hear this that I have to say this morning. If you're not making progress in life, if you feel stuck and you're starting to doubt the promises of God, don't doubt the promise, check the parameters. Don't doubt the promise. What God has spoken to you is true, but it is inherited inside the parameters. Before we doubt God's word, come on, that doesn't ever need to be doubted, make sure we're not outside of the parameters. Can I get in amen. Second of all, every promise has a people. This is so important for us to understand because Joshua got a promise from God and it wasn't a new promise. I want you to know it wasn't like God showed up on the scene and Joshua had no idea this was coming. Forty years before they had gone into this land, Forty years before, Joshua was a part of a small cohort that had went into this land. We call it the promised land, right? It was God's promise to them. But he had gone in before, hungry to have all that God wanted for him. But he went in with a bunch of dudes, and when they came back, they were to give a report of how likely it was that they would be able to take and grab a hold of what God had for their life. When he came back, he was in the minority within his sphere of relationships 
in his opinion. What, what, what I mean by that is this. Only two out of the group that came back said we can do what God said we could do. And because, because of the people he was with, not because of his lack of desire, not because of his lack of passion, not because of a lack of his leadership, not because of a lack of desire to have what God wanted him to have, but because of the people around Joshua, they had spent 40 years not walking in to the promises of God. Circling the same mountain, doing the same stuff, not walking into what God had for his life. It was the people around him, not even what he wanted inside, it was the people around him that cost him the promise ultimately. Can I just say, the people around you will either paralyze you or propel you into the promises of God for your life. Your people are as important as your promise. You will never walk in everything God has for your life if you don't have the right people in your life. The people around you can hold you back or push you into every promise of God upon your life. Joshua wanted in. He wanted to go. But the people around him cost him his promise. Please hear me today. Don't allow the people in your life to cost you the promise of God and the highest potential of your life. Jesus died for everybody, but he did not hang out with everybody. He built certain relationships inside that were conducive, come on, to his destiny. You have to make sure the right people are around you because the wrong people will be a voice of negativity, a voice of doubt. There will there'll be people that pull you back, not push you forward. You've got to have the right people in your life. Matter of fact, my wife and I both came out of a very broken background. Um, my background is drug addiction, broken home. I, I was I, actually at 19 years old, it was either 18 or 19, I ended up in, in jail for the very first time. I was a drug dealer and a drug addict. I was looking at prison time for trafficking meth. I was a strung out messed up drug addict. My tongue had turned black from all the dope I had snorted, poisoning my body. I'd had so many strange things from all the stimulant drugs and meth and craziness that I'd done. My eyes stopped blinking. My eyes went bright red because I lost certain like basic motor function. I mean, I was strung out. I looked like a skeleton dipped in white chocolate. Come on, somebody. And in 2005, I ended up in a county jail in Boise, Idaho. And I had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit in a jail cell. I experienced the love of God and the power of God in a way I'd never experienced before. I heard the voice of God for the very first time in my life. I heard his voice give me promises. Your life is not going to end here. This is not going to be the end of you. You're going to come out of this. God started speaking to me. And it changed the trajectory of my life. But can I just say, my life was not one perpetual upward climb from that point forward. Because when I got out of that scenario, I had a new heart, but I had the same friends. I had a new, a, a new, a new atmosphere inside of me. Something had shifted in here, but my outside was the same. And I realized something. It's my job to let God deal with the inside of me, but I'm responsible for changing my world and relationships.
God changes the inside. I have to rearrange the external. And I got out with a new heart, but had the same friends. It was not very long before their influence in my life started pulling me back into things that I thought I would never go back to. You'll never outgrow the relationships in your life. You'll never outgrow the influences around you. They're either lifting you up or tearing you down. There is no such thing as static relationships in the kingdom. I had to make a decision. I got rid of all my friends. Now, I did not do this with wisdom, okay? I did this just, you know, Jordan-style, shotgun blast. I called everybody. I said, you're dead to me. Don't call me anymore. I'm changing my number. And a guy slashed my tires, threatened to shoot us. It was crazy, right? So don't do it the way I did. But I started shifting everything in my life. I didn't have any close friends for a year. And I got myself plugged into a church I plugged into people that love God. I didn't necessarily relate with all of them yet, but I knew I've got to be with you if I'm ever going to be like you. Come on, somebody. And so I got connected. I made friends. And that's the secret sauce, okay? The Holy Ghost can change you on the inside, but to get where you need to go in God, you've got to have people that are shooting you in the right direction. Pushing and believing and calling out the greatness of God in you. You were made for more. You were made for greater. I believe in you. I see you. You need that in your life. There, there are places in God you'll never go without the right people in your life. Some of you need to take that next step. Get in a small group. Seek out a mentor that's farther down the road with you. I don't care if you can't relate to them or not. You never will if you don't make the step. Come on, if you want to be where you've always been, just keep the same close relationships around you. Number three, I want you to write this down. Not only do we have to know the promise, but we have to know the power. We've got to know the power of God. This is so important because God wants us to be aware of his power. We must be aware of the power of God because we'll face problems in life. How many know when you make a decision to follow Jesus... Skittles do not fall from the sky. And chocolate milk flows from your tap water. Okay, it's, it's, it's not that way. Well, I don't know what's wrong. I made a decision to follow Jesus, and it seems like harder now. I thought it was supposed to be easier. No, it very well might be harder for a season because you're no longer going with the flow. Come on, somebody. You're now swimming against the stream. Only dead fish go downstream. Come on, we're living people. So there's, there's a tension in God, right? Like, I'm following Jesus, but there, it's challenging. I feel like there's opposition. Absolutely there's opposition. You now have an enemy because you're not on his team anymore. Come on, somebody. You're now on God's team. You're going God's direction. You're doing God's work. So there's now some opposition. And you've got to realize if you're going to be a person that walks in everything God has for you, then you're going to have to have more than a promise. You're going to have to have his power operating in your life. You're going to have to have an awareness of that. So God gives Joshua three commands. He says, Joshua, I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. And I want you to be careful. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. And I want you to be careful. Those are the three commands that he gives. How many know he's preparing Joshua for something? You don't lock somebody in the eyeballs and go, hey, man, I need you to be really strong. You ready? I need you to be, I need you to be courageous. And I need you to be really careful. Let's go to In-N-Out. No, like, obviously he's not preparing him for a nap or a meal. Come on. He's preparing Joshua for problems. But let me point something out to you. 
Never once does he ever talk about a problem with Joshua. He never mentions it. Joshua would be a man of war all the days of his life. All he would ever do is fight battles until he was old and gray. The last recorded documents we have are them fighting, bat- fighting battles, fighting, fighting wars, dividing the spoils. Never once did God point any of that out. All he did was he encouraged Joshua and he pointed out not the problems, but he pointed out the power that was available to Joshua. He said, Joshua, nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No enemy, no giant, no obstacle, no sickness, no amount of lack will keep you back from the promise of God that I've given to you. No enemy will stand before you all the days of your life. Why did he do that with Joshua? Because he actually wanted Joshua to take ground. And you don't take ground with a problem focus. Your pastors did not lead you to this place focusing on all the problems they had. Well, if we just had more people. Well, if we just had more this. Well, if we just had more that. No, they were focused on the power of God. God is with us. His favor is on the church. His hand of blessing is on it. And we're moving forward. You won't take ground if you have a problem focus. Well, our marriage is just kind of messed up and our kids are just kind of crazy and we don't have really enough money or we don't have enough background or education or pedigree or we don't have the friend. No, no, no. Lift your eyes up the pro- off the problems and put your eyes upon the promises and the power of God that is available to you. Greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. God is for you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. God's power is on you. There's no comparison. You put your eyes on power and you move forward into the promises that God has for your life. Promises from God will help you take ground, friends, but power will help you keep it. God didn't just want Joshua to walk into the promised land and experience a few days there. Come on, get his butt kicked and go back. That's not God's intention. God wanted Joshua to get into the promised land and then keep it. Come on. God doesn't want you to just get married. He wants your marriage to last. God doesn't want you to just start a business. He wants that business to flourish. God doesn't want you to just get free from addiction for a while. He wants you to get free from addiction forever. Come on, somebody. And it wasn't even just about them. Joshua, he knew the promised land was for generations to come. The battles you're fighting are not just about you, friends. They're about your children and your children's children. They're about the generations to come. There are things God's doing in you. It's going to impact your kids and your grandkids. They're not going to experience what you did. My children will never be drug addicts. My children will serve the Lord. My children won't be poor. My children will be blessed. My children won't be uneducated. My children will be educated. Why? Because God did something in their dad. God wants to do something in you that will change your family. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants your life to leave a legacy. The promises of God are for your family, for your future. Let me land with this. Worship team, you you can come. I want you to catch this. My last point, you ready? You've been taking good notes? Three of you, fantastic. (laughs) I want you to catch this. Number four, you ready? You got to know the time, got to know the promise, you got to know the power. Here's my final thought, though. You, you got to know the presence. You got to know the presence. Listen to what 
listen to what God tells Joshua. He tells him all these great things. I've got a promise. I've given you this. and Be strong. Here's the parameters. Like there's, it's so rich what he tells him. But I think the most powerful thing that he tells Joshua is actually the very last part of verse 9 that we read. Just before we see it go to commercial, right? He's having this, this great moment with God. And he says this, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. And listen to how he lands it. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. There is nothing more important in this life than realizing our God is not a God that is far away. Our God is a God who draws near, who's close. What has sustained me as a person, as a Christian, as a believer, even as a leader, is not just God's promises or God's power. Come on, we can live from promise to promise. We can live with the power of God upon our life. But I'm telling you, weariness can set in. Discouragement can set in. Perspectives can, we can lose perspective about things over time. There's something about the presence of God that makes all the difference in life. Let me share just a, a, a personal story. Recently, our, we're, we're, we are also in an expansion mode as a church. Um, we just started our newest campus in a city we've wanted to be in for a long time. And uh, five years ago, we wanted to start a campus here. And things happened, and we had to shut down a campus, reopen a campus, and it was just it's this long season, right? Again, God's timing, so important. But I'll never forget, we finally got there last year, and we're like, okay, this is it. It's time to start a campus in Boise, Idaho. And we made the announcement, right? We drove a stake in the ground. This is God's promise to us. And I'm telling you what, it was like all of hell was released against the executive leadership of our church. I'm telling you, we dealt with stuff that we'd never dealt with before. I mean, people leaving and going, I'm like, we've started five campuses before and you've never had a problem. And now we want to start, you know, I'm just telling you, like, stuff went down, right? And um, I was having a prayer time and I'm thinking, man, God, this is crazy. I know you're with us. Things are good, and I know we're doing this, but Lord, I just was crying out all by myself. Fridays are my morning with God. I just get alone with Jesus. Come on, and I pray, and I spend time with me, and if anybody bothers me, I fire them. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. But I just, I try to guard that time, and I I was crying out to God, Lord, I just, I don't get it. There's so much opposition, and there's so much joy and celebration, and yet so much opposition, and I, I was just battling with that. I'd lost my perspective. Can I just be honest? And the Lord spoke to me, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. I had a moment with the Lord where I felt like the Lord just spoke to me and said, Jordan, just remember that you're a son of my presence. And it was just like everything changed in that moment. Because how many know that God doesn't make sons and daughters that he doesn't want to be with? And We were never made to just run with his power. We were made to run with Him, in His presence, with Him. Joshua's predecessor, Moses, he told God, he said, no, unless you go with me, I don't even want to go. Do you know that God wants to be with you more than anything else? He doesn't need anything from you. 
He's good all on his own. The only real thing you have to offer God is you. It's you. You're all he wants. You're all he wants. And it's a humbling thing to realize what God goes through with us, what he's willing to endure for us, and that ultimately it's just about his presence, being with him. What I accomplish or don't, what I see happen or don't, as long as he's with me, I know I'm going to be okay. I want you to do this. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want you to hear this. God is for you. He loves you. He doesn't want really anything for you outside of what would grow your connection and relationship to Him because He wants to be with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I want to just pray for us today before I dismiss and get you to your buffet. Would you just center your heart for just a moment? Just listen for what God would want to do. Holy Spirit, we invite you here just to search every heart. Ultimately, unless you reveal Jesus, we've got nothing. Maybe something was saying a song, something, somebody said something, but you're just aware of something in this moment that you're not where you need to be with Jesus. Maybe you can't even quantify that. You don't fully understand what it even means, but you just know you're not where you need to be with Jesus. Can I just say that it's as simple as a decision that realigns your life to Jesus, to choose Him, to choose forgiveness, to choose life, to choose Jesus. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus today, please don't leave this place without making a decision to choose Him, to make Him first, to make Him priority. It begins with a choice that could change everything for you every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just say, Pastor, that's me. I need to choose Jesus before I leave today. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand so I can see it? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I see you and you and you and you and you. Is there anybody else? Raise them high. Raise them high. God sees you, but I want to too. Jesus, I see you and you. Would you do me a favor? Can all of us pray this prayer together? Just take a moment and acknowledge this wonderful moment, people choosing Jesus so amazing but can we all pray in unison I want you to pray a prayer listen it's not the prayer that really does anything necessarily God is doing that in you but I want to encourage you to say it there's something about communicating with the one who wants to be with you that internalizes faith it makes it living it's believing in our heart and speaking with our mouth can we do that together just pray a prayer all of us together just something like this Jesus right now I come to you just as I am. And I choose you. I choose life. I choose your forgiveness. I choose your kindness. I choose your mercy. Forgive me. Wash me. Change me. Align me with your purpose for my life. I trust what you did for me on the cross. I trust who you are in heaven today I'm yours I make you mine I choose you give me a new heart set me free I'm a Christian 
I choose you in Jesus' name. Lord, do a work. Do a work, Lord. You're so good. I'd like to do something. I just really sense God doing something unique here in this setting. Such a deep thing. Can I have a serious moment with you? This isn't just preacher talk. Listen, there is potential this morning for some of you to leave different than you've ever been in in a God way. This is not... Christianity is not a club. It is alive because our God is alive. And He speaks and He heals and He saves and He moves. He's alive. I wouldn't be standing here today if Jesus was just an old prophet that lived and died and was nothing more. He is alive. He is powerful. And until... I go to be with Him. I will preach the message that He is alive and that He loves you enough that you don't have to wait for heaven to experience Him. But He wants you to experience Him now to have an abundant life. And I just want to do this. I want to pray for some folks in a special way that you would encounter the living Jesus, the real God, that the Holy Spirit of God would touch your life in a way that you would not stay where you are, but you would experience the promises of God for you in a fresh way. Maybe you're stuck. You love Jesus, but you're stuck. Maybe you're addicted. You love Jesus, but you're addicted. Maybe you're wounded. You love Jesus, but you're wounded. You love Jesus, but you're confused. A moment with Jesus can change everything. Everything. So I want you to be brave this morning. Can all of us stand up on our feet? All of us. But I want you to be brave. I want you to be brave. I want you to take a step of faith that would invite God to do something supernatural. And if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, before we leave, I don't want to just run out to lunch. But before we leave, I want to encounter God. I want to leave here experiencing transformation that changes my life. If that's you and that's your heart, I want you to be bold. I want you to come forward and fill this altar space right here. And we're going to pray for you. And we're going to invite the Spirit of God to move in a real way. If this is new and different for you, can I just challenge you? Why not? Why not take a step toward God and just see if He would take a step towards you? Why not? He's God. He can speak for Himself. He can reveal Himself. He doesn't need me to defend Him. Can we just do that? If you don't feel a need to come forward, don't. But if you're you're a believer, will you pray? Will you just pray that God would move right now? Come on, make room, make room. Just fill this up. Would you just pray? Just pray, God, have your way. Move in power here, Lord. I feel a shift coming. I feel heaven opening. I feel breakthrough coming. Somebody's going to leave different. Oh, addiction's falling off of somebody. Oh, I believe it. Heartbreak is being healed by the healer. I sense it. Come on, make your way forward. Jesus. Oh, you're mighty, God. Holy Spirit, move. We invite you, Lord. God, I declare breakthrough over each one of these. In the name of Jesus, hearts are being healed. 
broken areas are being restored. Lives are being changed. Freedom is invading their lives. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church, sing it. Receive it. Believe it. His promises are ours. Can I get an amen? Come on, sing it out. Sing it out.